Well, hello everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Whatever part of the world, Australia, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere you choose to join us from, we thank you as always for joining us and we hope that you enjoyed last week's Ends Masters just as much as we did and we hope that you, I guess, you know, got a little bit of that warm feeling in your golfing heart when young Hideki Matsuyama from Japan raised the trophy and, uh, you know, sent a great message to the golfing world. I thought, Rocket, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how are you, son? I'm very good. I'm very good. What a week. It started off with an entitled man in a white jumpsuit being an absolute tool bag and uh, someone who was probably born on the 18th hole of life. And it ended with an iconic image of uh, Shota, Shota-san, the uh, Hideki's uh, caddy, bowing back down the 18th fairway in a sign of respect to Augusta National. Well, let's go with a positive uh, in those two scenarios first, and let's talk a little bit more about uh, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, and then we'll cover off what you mentioned there before, uh, because it was and has been subsequently deemed pretty much widely an unsavoury incident. But let's I actually talk- don't want to talk about it because I think it yeah. doesn't deserve to be spoken about except for what I've just said. Fair enough. Uh, well, Hideki and uh, his caddy Shota. What's Shota's surname? Do you got that? Can you look at that up in dispatches while we're looking? But uh, uh, it is. It's uh, it's Hayafuji. I think it's Hayafuji. Okay, Hayafuji son. So let me let me tell you about one of my earlier memories of Hideki Matsuyama. Now I can't remember if it was it was the World Cup of Golf, and I can't remember. I think it was the first one, which was at uh, was it uh, Kingston Heath or Metro. Was that the one that Adam Scott and um, Jason Day won? Maybe it was the second one. It was the second one because I was there with uh, Mercedes-Benz helping them with the driving range installation thing. But I remember Hideki Matsuyama practising his putting. <clears throat> Some people say it's his, uh, his challenge point, but uh, you know, in, over the journey he's been solid at, point, at times. But I remember him practising his putting. And you know what stood out for me when I watched Hideki Matsuyama for 25 minutes putting? He was the only one on the putting green. Wasn't the end of the day, but he was the only one on the putting green. And you know what it was doing? Pouring no. down, pouring down rain. And I just uh, remember watching him there, and I was in the comfort of a car, waiting for the rain to go away, so we could finish setting up our uh, installation for the the uh, Mercedes Benz clients of the World Cup of Golf uh, that uh, year. And Hideki just sat there and. Rolled putts in on the grass, on the wet grass for 25, 30 minutes. No umbrella, no caddy. And uh, and that was pretty much a lasting memory. And that said a lot about him to me at that point. And I didn't know too much about him other than he was a, a clearly a, a star already. Um, you know, it was well past the time that he'd been the low amateur in 2011, 10 years ago now, and probably, you know, eight years ago from that point. Uh, but, you know, it probably says a lot about him that moment there that I you know, bore witness to and, uh, but, um, what a champion, what a champion. He, he, he was, um, you know, sent the, the golfing world alive and sent Japan alive very much. So, um, that was awesome. And I don't think I can say awesome enough on this episode because I actually, I, I don't think people realize the impact this is going to have Japan are crazy for for their golf just full stop and have been for decades and decades. They love it. But, you know, having a men's major champion, you know, we and bookends it, right? You had a um, Japanese girl, I, I, her name escapes me, who won the um, Augusta National Women's Amateur the week before. Um, I think it was a few years ago that, um, a Japanese woman had won the first major from any Japanese golfer, um, um, you know, globally. But in the context of, of of Hideki, and you think of all the Japanese players that have that have traipsed before him, um, and uh, Hideki, well, the expectations that he's carried, and I've tried to explain to a few people. It's, pressure that he felt on that Sunday is probably more than any other person would feel holding a four shot lead. You know, not only is it the, the weight of your country, you know, on your shoulders, but for a decade, he's been the chosen one. 
you know, when he first played the Masters in 2011, after he'd won the Asia-Pacific Amateur in 2010, there were, I think there were like a contingent of nearly 30 journalists from Japan sent there to cover him. So he was swamped by reporters before and after the round for the whole week. And that hasn't stopped. And the scrutiny hasn't stopped. And the questions they ask about his round, they're, they're not as, um, you know, broad or in depth. They're just very, Oh, why did you miss that putt? Or why did you miss that green? But that's the scrutiny that he's had for 10 years. And, you know, I, 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 th- I think back to, you know, we'll call it the last 36 holes. Well, it's actually probably not not the last 36, the last 27 holes. So him coming out of the, 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 the rain delay. And they talk about Saturday being moving day. Did he move? That was an absolute clinic, absolute clinic. He, and, and to think he had a three-putt par on 13 and still shot six under for the last eight holes. Absolute clinic. Like it was just supreme ball striking. And then Sunday, you know, he had a five-shot lead with five to play. And, yeah, he only won by one, but it doesn't matter. You've got a lead to just you – can, you can afford to make mistakes and you, you just don't make big mistakes as you traipse your way back in, in you know, he had to hit certain shots. He would have played things differently. So winning by one, it wasn't as close as what people think, but it's just awesome. And then lasting moment of Patty, you know, taking the flag off and then putting it back and then bowing back down the fairway. was just, that'll, that'll just be an iconic moment replayed for the next two decades. And then the one, the other thing, you know, whether or not we talk a, a lot about it on the rest of this episode is I was really impressed with CBS and the Masters and a lot of the camera angles they were using for the week. It was just phenomenal television, getting a lot of different views of the course. But the one where it was, you know, whatever the walking um, one they were doing in f- with uh, in front of him as he's walking off the green up to the scorer's tent, I actually, I've got that on my phone. I've watched that a couple of times. That's just... That's a minute and 20 seconds of just that special when you could kind of see that it's hitting him. It's just special. So, yep. Awesome. As I said, I'll say it a lot. It was awesome. It's going to be one of the greatest masters ever. Well, you know, I think if there was going to be a boom in any nation following a, a win, uh, of a national champion, uh, it would be Japan. You know, we know that they're golf crazy, and you know, as the globe has experienced an upsurge in the in the participation of golf, and there's a bit of a golf you know, boom at the moment. You know, I think that will be well and truly uh, felt in Japan, and hopefully, many more golfers from Japan are spurned on to you know follow the uh, footsteps of Hideki Matsuyama. When you when you talk about Japanese golfers, you know, and I think. Personally, you know why he stands out as a worthy, not as a worthy champion. That's not the right way to put it. But why he stands out so much, and he's probably had so much attention on him over that time since he won that Asia Pacific, and then was the the Lama amateur at the Masters. Because and you mentioned the term ball strike. It's a term that we bandy around a lot, and you know it gets bandied around in commentary. But when you compare, I guess, and I don't, not going to claim to know Japanese golf at all, um, but I know it as much as you know, sort of the next bloke who might listen to this podcast and there's probably a few people that might know it intimately. But when you compare Hideki Matsuyama to Ryo Ishikara and Shigeki Maruyama, Shingo Kadayama, he just stands out as a different type of golfer. He stands out yeah. as, as a golfer that, you know, if you compare him to a Dustin Johnson or, or maybe that's not fair, but you know what I mean. I think you get what my point is in terms yeah. of ball strikers. You know, he plays the game more like a greater majority of these great players and less like a Rio and a Shigeki and a Shingo and, you know, Azaki, yep. Akata and so on and so forth. You know, they, a they long hitter, yeah. just, just stri- ball striking machine and an amazing short game. Just can't, he's not the greatest putter. And the thing is that uh, I was listening to another podcast um, 
who was it? it was with Justin Ray, who's one of the the stack guru guys, um, going through a lot, of, especially around strokes gained, and statistically, you know, when Hideki was putting, probably had his best putting year on tour. He was number two in the world. Lost that PGA to Justin Thomas, and he just had this. He had, I think, he had a streak of something like. I think he finished first or second in like six out of like 10 events <laughs> during that season. Yeah. And so he was number number two in the world to DJ. Right? So he can, he's more than capable. He's got, he has the, all, the whole game. He's got the temperament. Um, and this one was not seen. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see it because he, he's had one top 10 in the last, like four months, I think the last time he finished anywhere, I think was Houston Open end of last year. He had one of his better putting weeks, and he finished second. But that was that's like November last year. His last win was several years ago. When was that? Like twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Four years ago. Yeah, long time ago. In terms of winning on the PGA Tour, exactly. Uh, and just before we go on, and part of that other reason for. You know, the boom in Japan golf is definitely going to be party too. Uh, and once again, I'll hope to get the pronunciation of her name right, Subasa Kajitani, uh, who won the ladies' amateur event that has held the week before because, you know, the, the girls in Japan love love a winner and they love their golf as well. You know, long history of, you know, some great golfers coming out, female golfers coming out of Japan. So it's just, it's a fairy tale really. Well, 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 here's the thing: is if you're if you're Fred Ridley, yeah, and actually, what I really liked about the broadcast this year is they actually had the. Um, I don't remember if they did it last year. I know this year. I think they they actually had the 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 jacket ceremony that was outside on the on the green in front of all the members and patrons. That's the first time I've seen it broadcast, unless I'd missed it last year, which was. I actually thought it was great because we never usually get to see this. We only get to see the photos afterwards and, you know, having, and I don't know if it was purely because of, because of Hideki's win. Um, they had, Fred Ridley had um, Billy Payne there who was the brainchild behind the Asia Pacific amateur, the the Latin American amateur and having these events and, and helping create them then in conjunction bringing the other bodies along because they were wanting to um, give back, you know, so, you know, I think their hope would have been that these events and these amateurs would, you know, some of these winners would eventually go on to become hopefully a master's champion. And Hideki's the first one. And he was the second winner of the Asia Pacific and he won it back to back. So if you're Augusta national, um, and you, we talked about this sort of last year and, and um, I don't know if we I can't remember if we talked about it last week is, you know, they, yes, they, their, their state and their, their history is mired in well, a lot of, we'll call it darkness, but they're acknowledging their past uh, and in a way, a, whether it's an apology or, but trying to right their wrongs, you know, so having Lee Elder as, you know, an honorary starter, you know, he never, you know, you think about all the other honorary starters, they're all masters champions. Lee Elder isn't an honor, was never a masters champion, but he's the first African-American to play in the masters. So it was very symbolic. And what I really did enjoy is that um, when Fred Ridley was introducing him, he actually said, you have the honor, Mr. Elder. So, I thought that was, I also thought that was quite symbolic. And then you think about the Australian, not the Australian, the Augusta National Women's um, Amateur. So they've had that for now two years. And there's a whole generation of, of um, women's golfers that they're, um, they're bringing along. There's the funding they're doing around the scholarships for the Payne University, um, Payne College. And they had them there at the, the, um, the, opening tea ceremony as well. And then you think about this for Hideki being that first Asia um, 
amateur champion and being Japan, like it just, you know, if you're, if you're the members that were part of all of that decision-making and supporting all of that, you should have a nice for, uh, warm, fuzzy feeling for, you know, seeing the fruition of that and looking at it going, do you know what? We're, you know, a lot of people probably ridiculed us for what we're doing, thinking we're just, you know, doing it for publicity. You know, everything you do, you're obviously not just doing it completely for free. There is going to be some sort of benefit for Augusta National. But the thing is, though, it's still about the benefit of the game. And, like, it just, the whole week, that last week plus this week, you just you wrap it all up and put a bow on it and just go, wow, mm. wow, that's that's given back to the game. Look, and yeah, we can sit there and lament how long how long that uh, you know particular type of behaviour and how that long that approach has been due to come, and it's not just this week, but it's been a couple of years in the making. But hopefully, they realise that there is a role for them to play in the game. I think Augusta already know their role in the game and their position in the game, but their role in making this game great amongst the eyes, ears, hearts and minds of the golfing public. Now, roll that to my world, and I sit here and talk to people all day, every day, uh, for the two weeks leading up to the Masters and talking about the Masters and all day, every day for the week following the Masters. Uh, It just consumes everyone, and it consumes everyone like no other, I guess, body of golf um, on the planet that we, that I experienced. And I've been seven years, you know, talking to golfers all day, every day, you know? So, you know, there's some level of, I guess, qualification in just, you know, vox popping golfers. Cause that's what I do. And it just shifts the needle in terms of interest levels. You know, there's a reason why the organization that I'm a part of, you know, has sales activity around that time because people come to do golf and, it's a good thing. So if they're getting better at that, that means that people are going to be getting better and, you know, and I use the term getting better, getting better into golf, you know, getting better at getting into golf. So it's yep. good. It's good. I've laboured on that point long enough, but it's great if they're just doing more things to make it more appealing in a, in the right way, in a, in a correct and, and just manner. Yeah. They're never going to be perfect, but no. you've got to, you've got to tip your hat and just go, do you know what? They should be really proud of, you know, and it, an event they created for amateurs to have more amateurs playing in their, their tournament. And they can now say that, you know, he, look, he may, he may have become a major winner without that tournament and playing there, but his experience at that tournament had him on the record saying he wants to win the masters. Like it was deeply rooted in his motivation. So whatever it's contributed to that, Kudos. Mm. Now, you mentioned the term feel-good moments. Let's talk about the, the big feel-good moment that the whole world's talking about because it went fantastically viral. And that, uh, now I'll get his name right uh, here, Rocket, uh, Shota, uh, Shota Hayafuji. So, Hayafuji-san, yokodakimasta, uh, yotoyaka to you for, you know, your wonderful gesture that's put the spotlight on to just the human the humanity, I guess, the the humbleness, the graciousness, the the gratitude that you know you shared with the golf course. Now, to me, you know, the world's gone crazy about that, and rightly so. To me, I didn't go as crazy because I I, I didn't I wouldn't have expected it. I was so happy that they caught it, but you know, the I, I've spent a lot of time around uh, Japanese people. I work, I've worked in a Japanese company for a total of about maybe 12, 30, 12 to 13 years. Before I started working with my first Japanese country, company, my dad had very kindly and fortunately for me taught me a little bit about Japanese culture. He was learning the Japanese language. Uh, he had some customers in the wine industry at the time. Japan were traveling a lot to Australia, started to buy a lot of wine. Um, so he went and learned a little bit, as much as he could uh, Japanese and he taught that to me. And then I got a job with Suzuki. And in the Australian uh, subsidiaries of Japanese companies, there's usually three, four, five or six or so um, Japanese expats. So they come down and work here and run the company. So we had at Suzuki, we had the the boss, the, the president, Sacho, as you would say in Japanese, uh, 
uh, his um, 2IC, I guess the CFO, and then they each had an assistant. Uh, Tucker, Tucker Kudo, Ike Kondo, uh, Terry Toe, and uh, Mr. Imura. Nobu, Nobu Imura. And they were my first Japanese colleagues, and they were all mad golfers. And once they realised that I was a golfer, in terms of all you know, the uh, my colleagues, as they would say, the, uh, the Aussie gin, uh, I, stu- I stood out because not only did I have a little bit of an advanced understanding of their culture and, and their the hierarchy system, which is not a dictatorial hierarchy system, but just a you know a respectful hierarchy system, but just their the, some of the basic pleasantries in, in terms of their greetings and whatever, and I would use them. You know, I think you know me well enough by now, Rocket, and the listeners know me well enough by now that I don't not afraid of putting an accent on or speaking in another language or learning. And I used it, and I wasn't afraid of it. And my Australian colleagues would just look at me and go, "What the hell's going on with him? Who's this bloke?" And uh, you know, so the example being, I would walk up to the the boss's office and I'd knock on the door, and you know, I'd say, "Shishimas," and that's like, "Excuse me," and he would, "Hey," and he. You know, motion me in with his hands upside down. You know, they don't they don't have their hands facing up. They have their hands facing down and motion me in, and uh, we'd have a chat about whatever. And he'd sign his document, and I'd get out of there. But once they realised I played golf, it was just it, it went to another level, and they just loved. I love playing golf with them because I was so passionate about golf, and they just <laughs> loved it. And uh, so, you know, when I would do this knock on the door and situation same sort of thing. Um, I, I had a, an automatic head bow, just a, a difference of the head going down. And that whole bowing culture is, is what they do. So it didn't surprise me to see Show to do that. It was so nice that he did. But it's just it's just, yeah, it's just it's just inbuilt. It's like he's just, you know, we've battled with you for the week. We yep. we we were just showing some respect yep. just back to the course. And so I I underst- I understood all that. I, I still got excited about it because it was just one of those things where it was just it was just the perfect ex- exclamation point. Yep. And it's, and, and at the same time, it's then the rest of the world being introduced into yeah. little glimpse of, you know, there'd be people that they'll be going, Oh, that was amazing. And then it's oh, you know, same thing as you, there'll be others where they'll go, Oh, it's not, wasn't that amazing. Oh, why was that? No. Well, that's actually just part of their culture. So all of a sudden people are actually going to start to learn a little bit about Japanese culture. And that is awesome. And and I think I think it was amazing in, in all the kind. I didn't think it wasn't amazing. Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't not amazing. It was amazing, yep. and it was amazing that it was captured. I wasn't that surprised that it happened. I guess is what I was trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, it was amazing yeah. that it got kept. And and I I followed the tweeting about it, you know, and looked at the commentary with interest because, but um, and that was my sort of take that it shows the respect uh, that Japanese people have, and I thought that it shows respect. And I think society could take a lot from that. You know, the, us as a golfing society can yep. take take more out of that than than what Shota-san, you know, gave in. And he's given us much more because I think once you understand that little bit of that culture of the Japanese people and their respect and their that whole process, you start to understand that, you know, we can all be a bit more like that. And yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Maybe Billy Horschel could take a few out of that one. Yeah, what did he do there? He got a bit aggressive with his. Uh, Clubs and caddy and whatever, or what was the exact story there? Billy Ho just being Billy Ho. He's yeah. been a dick. Right. Okay. I guess. And it was the worst non-apology ever. Didn't so, even say sorry. It's like, oh, you know, I'll get a bit emotional. So that was when he ran, just kept ramming his club into yeah. the bag and bag. Yeah. Yeah. Moron. Mm. I've no time for the man. Yeah. You know what? I just you just reminded me actually. My first ever Callaway Odyssey putter. Um, we had another another Japanese president. I forget him. Um, Vegeta? No, it wasn't Vegeta. I forget his name, but he was the third president that I worked under, and he made me take him to Sandringham. And Sandringham had a golf shop at the time, and he wanted to buy a putter, so I had to pick him up. And then take him down and help him choose a putter. It was an Odyssey Rossi, and I pointed out, I said, "Oh, Rossi, that's my you know, my parents call me this name." He said, "Oh, very good." And that was it. And we played golf, and you know, we played golf several times thereafter. But he ultimately got seconded back to Japan. Uh, he came up to me, and 
he gave me a gift. No one else got a gift. He gave me the putter. Like any, I distinctly remember he handed it to me like, you know, they, they hand the sword and he handed me the putter and he said, Ross, son, that's for you. And he didn't barely even probably even use that words. And I said, thank you. And yeah, I uh, had it for many, many years, the Odyssey Rossi. And it was given to me by, that was just, yeah, wonderful. Sorry, I'll go on. <laughs> that's good. Good. And then we had uh, a lady in the shop the other day, a Japanese lady who's getting some coaching. And we were talking, uh, and she told me that uh, that uh, she had tears. She cried. She cried when when uh, Hideki won, and uh, it was great. We had this little sort of basic pleasantries of Japan Japanese, and you know, I asked her, you know, Yokodeki master, Yoto Yaka, and she said, "Oh, you could use both." And uh, there we go. She cried. Well, as you would, I don't know. It's like me. Uh, you know, I've watched that seeing um, Hideki come up. As I say in that shot, and I've posted that um, on every bit of social media, actually. I don't know. Maybe I had some onions or something just under my eyes or something <laughs> like that. I was starting to maybe a bit of sand or something like that um, because it's just, you know, you can – here's the thing is that when you've played – when you've played a decent level and you know how much the game of golf can just – kick you in the face like day in, day out, you know. Golf is effectively 99% of failure and it's 1% of just joy, <laughs> but we keep coming back to this thing. <laughs> um, and you think about – you just – you look at a player like that and you understand the work that they've put in over their whole life and what it would mean to them. So then, you know – maybe as I get a little bit older, I start to look at that and, and reflect on it. And I actually understand somewhat, you know, what they might be feeling. And then for me, you know, that elicits a, a watering of the eyes every now and then, because it's, you just, you're just very proud of that person. And you think about, you know, you know, winning a major is hard. Mm. Not many people get to do it. And, you know, the story that's wrapped around it, you just go, you just get excited about it because you think of how awesome that is for him, his family, game of golf, Japan, Japan's golf. Like, imagine what they're going to be like in another 10 years. It's like, um, you know, South Korean golf with, you know, you had Sari Park, like, her impact on the game is just, you can't even measure it. It's ridiculous. And he's going to be the same. Yep. Well, let's hope so. Now, before we move on from the Masters, you know, we had uh, Magic Mike on last week and Magic Mike gave us a bit of his uh, market and I think that was fairly well received and we're looking forward to getting Mike on, you know, in somewhat of a more regular capacity to help us, uh, those of us that do like to have a little flutter and do that responsibly on on golf. Um, yep. Now, we talked about a lot of names, and most of the names were sort of in the terrible. upper bracket. But they were mo- the results-wise, it was terrible. But most of the names that got mentioned were were up there, except Hideki. Yeah. So, so two things. My my um, rule of thumb on you know being ranked inside from inside the thirteen best players didn't come off because he was 25th. But I always say the best ball strikers are the ones that come out on top at Augusta mm-hmm. and he's a damn good ball striker. Um, but the leaderboard was, was pretty good. Although yeah. it was, um, you know, what, what a debut for Will Zalatoris. Um, that kid. That kid's got some talent. He's another one that's a really good ball striker and struggles with a flat stick. Yeah. Um, you know, there was Spieth watch, Xander playing in the final group, just couldn't get it done. John Rahm with a bit of a backdoor T5. The leash. Oh, oh. It was disappointed, actually. I thought he would um, have a better showing on, on Sunday but, you know, he still finished T5 and he, he also didn't, hasn't had a lot of form. 
And then, um, you know, Reed, good final day. Rose had been hanging in there from day one, obviously being a couple of shots up after the first round and kind of just hung around. So it was quite good. But, yeah, my pick, Mr. DJ, didn't make the cut. Um, well, I think uh, I Cam Smith is my best Aussie, so he finished T10. And uh, what was my outsider? I can't remember what my outsider was. Oh, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Oh, my God, how many more double bogeys does that man want to have? He was four under through, like, 14 holes, 15 holes. In the first round, I'm thinking, oh, oh Webb, you good man. And then he hits the worst nine iron you'll ever see in your life. Like, like the pins cut rough front right, and he's hit it almost like into the middle of the pond. It's like, oh my goodness. There's my that, goodness. There's that funky swing that I keep reminding you of. But he's still uh, we a kept. Good ball striker. He just had a bad week. We kept, kept bringing him back. You had the M log curse, mate. The M log curse. I tell, you, I tell you what, there's one person I was happy for, and I was really dirty on. Who's that? I was happy for Phil Mickelson. He played really well for the week. Mm. That putty missed on 18. That cost me a lot of coin. So what did you have him into what? Into what? I had a, I had a five-way multi. So I had um, Spieth, Rahm, um, Reed, and Smith in the top 20 and I had Mickelson in the top 20 and he was my value ones. And that, if that, he makes that punt on 18. Oh, oh. rocket. Oh, I tried to tell you, you went with the wrong lefty. No, but the thing is they wouldn't have got me the money. I, I, I looked at, um, I looked at Bobby, but, but Mickelson's Mickelson's, I was one of those exotics where I've got, you know, I can have a bit of a swing at this one. Mm. And um, and it was just that part. And I'm looking at it, and when he missed it, <laughs> I let out the biggest groan. Everyone in the house is like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, no. I need some people. I need some people with uh, with about another hour or so to play to start to sort of just you know, take get gas. a few in the water and take the gas. <laughs> the only thing that kept me alive is I um, – I'd completely forgotten about doing this. I put, I put, um, I put some down on Leishman back in March. No, February, I think it was, for um, winning a place. So because he finished top five, so covered my covered my many varied crazy little bets that I had. It was I'd, I'd placed so many over the last couple of weeks that uh, <laughs> I couldn't see the Leishman one. I'm like, oh, why am I uh, square? Oh, thanks, Leash. <laughs> well, I, I talk about betting in the Flanagan family, not me. I didn't bet. I don't bet. But um, you saw oh. you saw my dad. So, so we talked about my dad being the one that got our oh. interest in, in Japanese culture and Japanese people spiked back in the early 90s. And uh, he he sent me his uh, betting slip on Saturday night and it was uh, Hideki Matsuyama at... Uh, it's wise place to bet too, wasn't 60. it? He's like, hey, it's Japanese culture. I'm going to bet on Hideki. That's exactly what he did. and uh, Like betting on the horse's name. He he just went with the omen of the Japanese uh, phenom and for those reasons as discussed and picked up the princely sum of $621. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, ball boys. Thank you, umpires. Thank you, line judges. I'll, I'll see if I can find what he said. I, I questioned him. I said, what did you do that for? Uh, I'll, I'll see. You keep talking and I'll see if I can find it. But um, <laughs> I guess the, the, the finishes list is, is you know, the, the notable non-cutters, you know, like Rory, DJ. I'm t- you've heard me talk about Rory. Rory's in a world of pain and it's all in his head. Actually, no, it's two things. It's in his head, in his head, right? And the second thing is that he needs to work on his his game from 150 yards in because as soon as he has short clubs in his hand, he's terrible. I was talking to a colleague the other day and we are talking about Rory and I'm like, no, 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 it's not about his swing. It's not about him chasing distance. That is just an excuse that he's trying to tell him for why he's playing bad in his head because he just can't he does he hasn't found a a, a um 
hasn't found his sweet spot, right? Dustin Johnson has found a way that works for him. Rory doesn't know whether he needs to be hyped up, low-key, not care. He, he doesn't know. He, he literally, he's, he's like he's lost. So whatever it is, he needs to kind of just either forget about everything and just go play and not either not care or really care. One of the two, just pick one and stick with it. Like, and stick with it. And then the second thing is because he's actually now working with Pete Cowan, Pete Cowan, the only thing Pete Cowan should be saying to him is, Rory, the only thing we're going to do for the next six months is hit wedges and short irons. And you're going to learn how to play nine different shots with each club. How you can flight them, cut them, fade them, hit them low, hit them high, hit them uh, spinny, not spinny, all that sort of stuff. Learn how to control these damn things because that is the difference between you being just a guy that sits around the top 10 and, and performs on pure talent alone or you're actually going to be a dominant golfer again and actually get some confidence back and, and rip this world apart because for a pure talent, like he is the most talented golfer on the planet. He just needs to work on two things, his head and his, and his wedges. Maybe we could introduce him to uh, Australia's leading mental performance coach, uh, co-host of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, uh, Dare to Dream and Inside Golf Academy. I have Academy. tweeted that many times at Mr McElroy. He is not taking my advice. <laughs> well, he can sign up to a course on the Inside Golf Academy for $149 and he'll uh, get everything that he needs for a, for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. As can you out there, listeners. Insight Golf Academy, I-N-C-I-T-E, Golf Academy. Just go on there. coming from some of the listeners too. There's some really good feedback coming there. It's, look, let's digress for a second, but, you know, you talk about Rory's game and being in his head and we joke about Jamie and being Australia's leading golf performance coach, which he is, uh, and the Insight Golf Academy. I... Had the occasion to look back through the uh, material the other day on Sunday. Someone asked me a question about it, and I was looking through it just on my phone as, list, uh, as you know, participants would look, and it's really, really good. The videos in there, the the stuff that's written, uh, the workbook it, for simple, easy to digest. It's not overloading you, but it is really, really good. You know, two hours of video content, short, sharp, easy to maintain and retain. And uh, anyway, that's enough of a plug for that stuff but it is really good so if you are struggling with your mental game like Rory is jump onto that stuff um sorry I digressed again which I've got the habit of do but our podcast I can yeah we can do whatever we want I've got a picture I've got a picture of my dad here holding up the ticket <laughs> it's great <laughs> uh, he sent the, but what he sent I, I asked him I did ask him I said uh well first thing he sent me the picture of the betting slip with the barcode. I said, don't share the barcode, mate. Don't send anyone oh. the picture with the barcode, uh, which he didn't. seen that before. Yeah, which I, th- I think he got. But uh, I said, um, I said, why why Hideki? And he just responded, I'm an astute judge. There you go. <laughs> and then he sent me a picture the following day of him uh, doing a little jig. You that is funny. That is seriously funny. Uh, yeah, very good. Now, before we move on to the RBC, one little final bit of housekeeping. You can't see this on the podcast. We will put this, I'll put this on the photo that we do to share this stuff on Instagram. Please jump over to the Instagram mile of golf and, and follow that, please. That'd be great. But behind me on my uh, screen, wall, um, not wall saver, what's it called? Background. I've got a picture of three gentlemen wearing a green jacket. Of course, two of them are real. Dustin Johnson, who presented Hideki Matsuyama with his green jacket for the Masters win this year, but just uh, tucked under Hideki's uh, left arm is you know, one Josh Bonden. You might not know the name Josh Bonden, but he also won a green jacket this week at uh, the Wednesday uh, Warriors from the Melbourne City Golf Group, Melbourne City football team, my my, my uh, footballing love in Melbourne. They had their green jacket uh, day at uh, wherever they played, Growling Frog on Wednesday, and Josh Bonden, who's the kit man down at Melbourne City, Wonder uh, does a wonderful job keeping all of the boys uh, in their gear. He uh, he won the green jacket. So I've got Josh's picture there, tacked up beside Hideki and uh, and DJ. There you go. Got it. Got it, Josh. Well done. Look forward to seeing you at the uh, 
at the Derby this Saturday night, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City. See if, yep. we, see if we can get another 6 0. You'll have to come to a game. Uh, whenever you want to come to a game, you do let us know when you want to come to a game. Yep. Jamo, get back out there. He's a listener. Okay, RBC Heritage. Already teed off while we're recording this. Who's in the lead? Uh, Tom Hoagie. Actually, there's a few. So Tom Hoagie, Matt Wallace, and Lucas Glover. They're um, three under after five. Yeah, wow. I love this tournament. Why do you love it? Just because of the course, Harbour Town? Yeah. It's just, it's classic. It's a just, it's one of those really good ones. It's one of those another just cracking Pete Dye courses. It's, it's short, it's narrow. Again, this one also requires someone to be a very, very good iron, iron player. Um, and some really good winners. Plenty of Australians have won there as well. Shark won there in 88. Um, yeah, I just love it. It's just a nice, simple event that's played straight after the Masters. It's just awesome. Just an awesome event. It's great to watch on TV. You know, it's the early days of the railway, the railway sleepers and, um, you know, just some of the designs that he had, you know, kind of leading up to, you know, what was sawgrass when he sort of pivoted again. It's good. I like this event. It's got one of golf's uh, great closing closing holes as well. Yep. Yep, to the lighthouse. Yep. Uh, Very good. Fairfield, Fairfield, yeah. Some, you know, usually it's a it's a, an event where a lot of players have a bit of a rest after the Masters, but there's there's quite a good few um, few that have stuck around. Big Bobby, I think Big Bobby's going to head up uh, pull up stumps after this one and, and head back to uh, Europe after this. I think I'm not sure, but maybe. Yeah. But uh, Bobby Westy, who else? Yeah, there's quite a few pools. Well, there's about. a good yeah. field, and I don't think I have any one particular. Do you know, the person who I'd love to win this week is Mr. Will Zalatoris. Mm. Knocking on the door. This would be just a great little bookend on, on the run he's had for the last month or so. Um, DJ's in the field, amazingly. Yep. Um, I think he's... No, no, actually, I shouldn't say amazingly because I think he plays, plays this one pretty much every year except for last year. Um... Burrell's in the in the field. Mr. Berger's in the field. Actually, Berger, I think, was leading this one last year at some point. Um, Morikawa's playing it for the first time. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think so- my, my my pick is my pick is Mr. Will, Mr. Will's Alatoris. Okay, here's a uh, who 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 will win out of this little pairing. Luke Donald or the Slovenian? Rory Sab- from Bratislava. <laughs> Rory Sabatini. Well, Luke, uh, no, Luke- I'll tell you who will be the low low round for the week. Will be um, Luke Donald. You think Luke Donald will be the low round for the week? But Luke Luke Donald's finished like second or third yeah. in this event more than anyone. Not won it. Not won the the what is it? What do you win, Rocket? When you win the uh, RBC Heritage, you win the fantastic. The plaid jacket. The, the plaid tartan jacket. The jacket, yeah. mate. You know, the tartan <laughs> jacket, mate. Yeah, it's so good. Very good. Well, uh, any anything else you can expect out of the RBC? Anything else that we want to talk about, uh, Rocket? You got any, any, um, any little gems? Uh, I don't have any gems. Um, I'm just looking here. No, I don't have any gems. It's well, good. It's just going to be. Uh, I just want it to be another another good week. Actually, it's controversy free. Did you have a listen to uh, Stephen Britton? No, not yet. Okay, please go back and listen to Stephen Britton. Uh, listen to Andy Marr and any one of the back catalogue of the My Love of Golf podcasts. Every week, there's someone new that joins on, and they don't realise that uh, it's not just you and I uh, jibber jabbering on. There is a whole catalogue of Great interviews with wonderful people. Stephen Britton, if you haven't listened to that, is one of Australia's great 
uh, turfologists, uh, agronomists uh, over there at Chevy Chase Club. Uh, had a lot of feedback. Thanks, Matt Mollica, again, as always, for your feedback and a few other people that chose to let me know that they listened to that one with Stephen. Um, but if you haven't, go and listen to that because he does give you an insight into the world of the PGA Tour and some of the agronomy aspects of it. We asked him that specifically and, uh, you know, why you see different things and different climates and different uh, courses and areas being played at different times, etc., etc. Um Might be worth a listen if you're into all of this sort of stuff. But uh, if you have listened to it, thank you again. Yeah, I've, um, I think with the Masters and there's so many different podcasts and stuff like that over the last couple of weeks, I've, um, I'm a little bit behind on some of the really good stuff you've put out for the last month. Well, that's the beauty of it. Uh, you can always go back to it. It doesn't age. And, you know, one person that I did catch up with, I won't name him, but uh, – He's a, let's just say he's a state of origin rugby league player. Yeah. We'll feature on the next interview on the podcast. He's a young up and comer, uh, a big man, um, plays state of origin and uh, and a keen golfer. Not a great golfer, but a keen golfer. And uh, he's been very kind to me over the years uh, with his time. And um, he's someone I really, really enjoy spending, uh, being able to getting to know and spending some time with. So, Young, it's not often you get uh, a state of origin player uh, to spend half an hour with you, but uh, that's coming up uh, next week. No, oh, awesome. Hmm. Just keeping it varied. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the beauty of yours because you, you you're not focusing on people that. That's why it's called my love of golf. It's not focused on golfers. It's focused on people that love golf. Exactly right, Rocket. That's all. It's, that's what it's all about because it's you know you're getting different perspectives and different. Views, insights, how they came to the game, what they find, enjoy about the game and their journey. Uh, have we plugged everything of mine that's going about? Have we plugged, we've plugged uh, the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. We've plugged last few episodes. I don't know. Is that against the golf rules? No, no. I can, you know, no I'm not getting paid to see Rocket. That's the thing. Still total <laughs> amateur status here. Amateur status. And I think even if I was an amateur status, I could earn, uh, no, it's very amateur. Um. I uh, forgot the Golf Rules Questions podcast. So for those of you that want to brush up. It's been up really on, good. It's been really good. I love some of those little clips that you and you and Blakey put up. They're just crackers. Uh, the only downside to the um, Golf Rules Questions podcast is you have to listen to me again. <laughs> oh, dear. It's oh, awesome. It's awesome. Do you know what I didn't realise is how many, how many followers um, Blakey has on Instagram? It's phenomenal. Um, got 85,000 people following him. That's insane. And the YouTube uh, channel is growing from strength to strength. You know, like before we started the podcast back in August last year, it was like another lockdown project uh, Ross took yeah, on. Yeah, I remember that. So he had like 800 YouTube subscribers and, you know, we upped the quality of the videos, just put a few little pull-throughs and a bit of, you know, wordage in there and that sort of thing just to give a little bit better context to what was actually happening in the rural scenarios. And, you know, he's like, he'll be nearly at 6,000 uh, YouTube subscribers very shortly, which is not not insignificant. But um, talking about his YouTube, so he was one of the first people to put up the video of Will Zalatoris and um, the uh, caddy from... Um, oh, the caddy shack. Yeah. So he was so he, funny. He was the he was the first one, and that that video alone, where he's mashed that together, has got like thirty. You know, there's many many hundreds of thousands of views. Um, so that that certainly helps, you know, bring some attention to him. But yeah, we had a a good chat about all of the different rule scenarios that emanated out of the Masters. Uh, that should be out in the morning. I've got just got to edit that and tidy it up. That's that's what I do at uh, between one a.m. and three a.m. Rocket. There would have been plenty on the um, Hideki's. Drop on 15, maybe, after you hit it in the water. There'd be a few of those. Yeah, well, a lot of people were con- uh, concerned about, you know, that 15, 16, you know, one's a red red uh, area, one's a yellow area, and the different scenarios that that uh, enforces, you know, like because it's essentially he's hit it into the same body of water that Shoffler hit it in the next hole, so all that sort of stuff, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. We talk about that. Um, what else do we talk about? Uh, we talked about, we talked about, who else did we talk about? Oh, Abe Answer. Oh. I understand rules are rules, but. Well, you're one of them. 
Rules are rules, Rocket. That's the whole point of it. Rules are rules. You can't just have. I a, know. You can't rules have rules are rules, but unfortunately, and when you of anyone, you can't have a little bit of steam shovel. You know, it's not. A, it's, yeah, I know. You know, you, you, I know. The steam shovel can be a steam I I shovel. I think I've still got a bit of bit of Patrick Reed anger. You can't have a little bit of Patrick Reed or Patrick or um uh, the steam yeah. shovel, Coochie, yeah. Mister Cut. Yeah. By the way. I know. I so, know. But people people did blow up about that. They blew up and they said that's not real. That's unbelievable. But uh, anyway, you have to listen to Golf Rules questions. Let's call it a wrap on that uh, rocket. I've plugged everything that uh, we're all involved in the <laughs> ecosystem. <laughs> oh, well. And maybe if anyone wants to learn more about Augusta and Bobby Jones, they go back to the uh, the one that you did with Mel. Oh, please. It's still, you know, when I reflect on some of the people I've had the chance to talk to. Uh, it's actually my favourite. It still blows me away. We found Mel, and you know, thank you again to John. Uh, but just listening to that, and I remember, I remember recording it and just listening and listening and listening, and he just kept talking about another scenario, another story, another story. It was just unbelievable. It's actually one of my favourites. Mm. I've listened to it more than once. Yeah, that was about a year ago now. Yeah, seems like still awesome. Still awesome. And, of course, if you've just joined us and you've got this far, I don't know if you have or not, but uh, you can listen to Andy Proudman and Eric Anders Lang and there's a whole host of people that you can listen to. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's see if that shifts the needle rocket. Let's see <laughs> if we get a few more listeners this week. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see if we can push the podcast rather than me trying to shill for some golf clubs. Maybe if we throw in a giveaway next week, we might, uh, yeah, let's just keep the, keep the heat up, Rocket. <laughs> Maybe some stickers. They want more stickers. If anyone wants a mile of golf sticker, just let me know. That's, <laughs> that's how we know that you've listened this far. If you ask me for a sticker, I will send you stickers. And they're there great. They're quality stickers too, by the way. All right, mate. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, stay tuned and uh, like, subscribe, share, all that sort of fun stuff. We'll see you then. See you, Rocket. Peace.